CTE Soccer Women's World Cup podcast, sponsored by Cadbury. For grassroots to national level, a supporter and a half of women's football in Ireland. Turn the world round, shut the show down. I was spinning, couldn't slow down. On the roll now. Welcome along to the RT Soccer Women's World Cup podcast. Raph Giallo here. We've just watched Ireland against Canada at the Rectangular Stadium in Perth earlier today and unfortunately even with one group game to go against Nigeria any hopes of getting to the knockout stages are over for the girls in green after a 2-1 defeat and that's in spite of a really good first half performance which had seen Katie McCabe score an Olympico against the Olympic champions and now to reflect back on the big talking points I'm joined by former Ireland international Marie Curtin and later I'll be joined by RT Sport Online's Anthony Pine who is in Perth and uh, Marie I suppose you know, we'll break down the game um, as we go on over the next uh, few minutes. But your initial reaction first, because again, you know, it was a great start from from the Irish team. But then, you know, there's a sucker punch and then another one after halftime. Yeah, look, obviously heartbreaking. Um, w- was getting a bit worried when Heather Payne was announced that she was not going to start the game. Um, but in fairness, Anya O'Gorman started. She, she played really well in there. Um, not a huge amount of faults. Look, like again, she is someone who isn't playing in that position week in week out. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll discuss more later, and there's just loads to dissect. But from tip off, you know, straight away, I think Canada, you know, even targeted that side. They went to her side, and very early, as we know, uh, from the third minute, you know, our goal came from her side when initially we created a chance with her. I think it was to. I think it was to Lucy Quinn and then on to Carusa, which created the, the chance, which then resulted in the corner. Um, and yes, so th- what a beautiful co- corner, first of all, from Casey. Um, I think the keeper probably should have done uh, better, but like what a sweet strike and what a great finish and what a great start for, for the Irish. Um, yeah, there's, there's so much to talk about and so much excitement in that first half. Um, you know, should we have sat in? Should we, given that we were a goal up? Um, you know, my my notes were: don't do anything crazy, keep the ball, just not expend too much energy, manage the game. But we really did go gung ho for that whole first half. Um, on reflection now, after the second half, maybe we expended too much energy, and and so um. So we we you know so so we went to the second half and things started to go wrong. But what a first half! Like you know, Lucy Quinn and Anya Gorman, who would have started the game, you know, afresh from the Australia game. I felt like they impacted the game so well from the start. Um, we were aggressive. We were physical. Uh, we were tactically superior. We shook them. Um, we really just stopped their fullbacks from getting forward. As we know, Canada's back four are solid. They have attacking full backs who really impact games. You know, Lawrence is immense. And so Ireland's tactics, we really shut them out from wide areas. So we were we were on it. We we closed very well. Um and we we did a really good job at just preventing that build-up of play from wide areas. So fair play to, to Vera. She did so well on, on that. Um, yeah, we continued and we just absolutely went 
gung-ho in that first half where maybe on reflection we could have managed the game better and conserved energy and uh and and maybe we wouldn't have died out in the second half of as as we saw yeah, because something we were talking to Rihanna Jarrett about uh, a couple of days ago in the build-up to the game was whether Ireland would play 5-10 to 10 yards higher. That's something she wanted to see because she felt the knock-on effect would be um, you know, better in possession. Denise Sullivan higher up the pitch, as we saw in, in this game. Sinead Farley would uh, reap the benefits of that as well. And also Katie McCabe could uh, get forward. And really, that first goal, I know obviously it's straight from a corner. It's a different thing. But to actually even get into that position for the Kira Caruso chance, uh, that seems to that seems to have, like stemmed from that sort of tactical shift. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Kira Caruso, she was so excellent. She was an excellent target player for us, holding the ball up well, causing uh, Buchanan serious problems. And Buchanan is world class. She is a, an excellent center half, as we know. Um, I like that we had some variation as well in set pieces. The last time I was on here, I was a little bit critical of, of our set pieces. We had some variation in our corners. Um, our throws were more effective. Our success rate of of our throws and ball retention was was so much improved since the Australia game. Um, we forced them back a lot. We we prevented any great threat from them. Brosnan was solid in the back. Um, and yeah, and kind of middle halfway through that first half, we Ashley uh, Lawrence suffered uh, a, a knock to the head and I, I thought at that moment that they were going to take that time and and kick them, you know, that they would push on and, and that we would have to sit again. But no, Ireland still persisted to just absolutely dominate um, absolutely all the way through that, that first half and we continued to, to absolutely boss it. Um, Canada tried to hit ball in behind Ireland's defence, particularly from Quinn, from them in the middle, in, ho- in her holding midfield from Canada. Um, but it was more hit and hope from them. It was, there wasn't anything. It was a bit more aimless over the top. Um, Jessie Fleming was ineffective, really. Um, she tried to go deep, get ball in there. She was covered. Uh, it didn't work. Ireland, Ireland covered that she tried to drop in we saw at times and again Ireland had it covered uh, they just kind of they pressed so well and just prevented that build up of play um, and then again we saw Buchanan um, again get getting an injury and just being really affected by the Irish our hearty uh, performance um, so yeah like we we had a game plan, uh, particularly for, for the half first half, but I'm kind of questioning now, did we talk enough about what we would do if we went uh, 1-0 up in the game? Um, because I feel maybe we should have managed the game uh, a, a bit better being one up. Yeah, and Anthony Pine, I think you've now uh, he's now joined us. And uh, Anthony, I think you've made it now from the uh, from the rectangular stadium back to uh, back to base camp. Um, I suppose your reflection on maybe the at- the atmosphere and also how, as Marie says, um, Ireland looked to manage the game in that first half. Um, well, the the atmosphere was fantastic, and the the first half performance was, in my opinion. Um, certainly, the first half an hour was was the best I've seen Ireland play in the Vera Pell era. 
uh, and it, it felt like this was everything was clicking. You know, it was kind of building towards this, and all her decisions and and her, her squad selections were were vindicated in that first half by and large because you know Sinead Faraday, who was an, we've always known as an, an extremely talented player, um, but this was her her best performance. You know, the team did look like they played slightly higher up the pitch. They were certainly more front foot. Uh, they got Kane McCabe into the on, on the ball in the Canadian half uh, pretty regularly. Um, Denise O'Sullivan was playing higher, so her intelligence and her vision and everything suddenly becomes um, more of a weapon in terms of moving the opposition around. And, and, you know, with and without the ball, it was just spot on. It was absolutely spot on. And they were shook. There's no question about it. They were shook. Um, but unfortunately, Ireland needed a second goal. And the reason they needed a second goal is because they just don't have the strength and depth of the top 10 nations, Raf. That's really what it comes down to, in, in my opinion. Like, it's not a coincidence that this keeps happening against... It's not that it's happening against every team Ireland play. It's, it's specifically the top 10 ranked teams. And when you get to that level, what they have is strength and depth. The three players Canada brought on at halftime... Uh, uh, Zadorsky came on a defender. I think she's uh, she's I think she's thirty years. They're on their thirties. Um, Sophie Schmidt is is thirty five, I think, and then obviously Christine Sinclair is forty years old. But you're, these players come on for the second half, so they might be getting a little bit older, but they're is seasoned top class footballers. And if you're asking them to play ninety minutes, they'll tire in the, in the last third of the game probably. You ask them to play forty five. And you've got such a potent weapon on your bench. Um, and Bev Priestman did reference that in her post-match press conference. And I think ultimately, like we can pour over it, and there was probably little things that you know maybe Ireland could have done better and, and little moments are, where they might be regretful. But I just think what it boils down to this game was won uh, off the bench. It, it was strength and depth. Very unlucky first half injury time to give up an own goal in that way. But you know, when when Canada they, they were awful in the first half, Canada. They were absolutely awful. They were so poor, um, particularly in the first 20 to 30 minutes. So they were only going to get better. And on top of that, they had quality on the bench to bring in. And, and if you look at the players Ireland brought on, Izzy Atkinson, Abby Larkin in particular, these are really good players, but very young, you know, very young to, to be coming onto this stage. You know, still plenty of maturing and developing to come in their games and not, not to finish the article. So that, I think... You know, as as the game went on, Ireland faded a little, and Canada got stronger. And uh, unfortunately, they ultimately kicked on and won the match. Yeah, and before we listen to Vera Pau, uh, Marie, just on I suppose Ireland's changes, and it was something actually Rusha Littlejohn touched on um, uh, after the game in terms of the habit, and I think Anthony sort of touched on it there, where either side of half time Ireland seemed to have struggled. I think the Australia head coach had sort of made uh, reference to that as well. And what do you think might be at the heart of that from from an Irish point of view? Yeah, look, Anthony had great points there and just strength and depth in the whole squad. Um, for me, I, I suppose it, it brought light to the longer term issue, I suppose, in not having, um, we're, we're for, forced always to play players out of position. Um, and so, you know, so do we identify the players earlier um, and, and develop them up along whether that be through the, the the home base training or you know identify players and, and go after them um but yeah there, 
we have players on the pitch and probably too many in, you know, if, if you're looking at World Cup competition, uh, there's a lot of, uh, of players playing out of position. So you can you can dissect those goals and um, look, Megan Connolly can be so proud of her performances, you know, in, in these last two games um, in a position that she's not playing week in, week out. You could say the same for Anya today. Um, but just Megan's body shape for the two goals was, was slightly off. So for a centre half, you need to be, you know, you're back to goal. You need to be checking, scanning constantly. You need to be telling your midfielders, you are driving that energy, um, pe- telling midfielders whether to shift right, shift left. And it's it's so technical down to the down to the inch, you know, just of, of that moving right or left to, cover your space how to cover or where where to be um to, to provide that cover and um, when to press when to drop off you know when when to drop it in and, and just cover and, and recovery runs and, and so forth um so she just didn't have that instinct in her to and it's just body position looking across the line like there there could be other moments where you know it's it's getting your back line to take a step and maybe catch them offside, you know. Um, so these are really tiny technical things. And, and as I said, Megan has done fantastic. Um, but unfortunately, you know, should there have been a more natural centre half that has, you know, that has grown up in that position and ha- that has been, is playing there week in, week out, you know. Um, and, and so that's, that's an area where Ireland could look to now for the future at, you know, getting natural, um, Natural players playing in their natural positions. Yeah, sort of like special, um, I guess specialists in that. In that yeah, position, so. absolutely. And we have another issue in in fullbacks and in the wing back position, and it just seems like for years, you know. So you would just like, to, and again, it's just so technical um, and just minute uh, areas where you, as a natural player playing in your position week in week out, you don't make the same the same issues you know just a little one in the, in the second half where Marissa Shiva you know there was a foul throw and you know it, it's little moments and it's just you know being an outlet as a fullback or a wingback you know being comfortable to be that outlet it's so important that you have full confidence in your outlet players to transition from defence to attack and, and equally transition from from attack to defence so uh, needs to happen quick at this level. You just you you get punished. Um, so that that is a big one where we can improve. You know, I I'm not too worried because I'm aware being in the game here, managing an academy team at Three C United in the League of Ireland at under seventeen level. I'm aware of talent coming through. So the Irish women's team is only going to grow from strength to strength and what a performance, what um, an account of ourselves we've shown. And yes, we've, we're not true to the final 16, but what a position we are in to say, yes, we, we can do that. That is realistic to get to the, the, the next round to the quarterfinals in our next Euros or our next World Cup qualify for, for them consistently, you know, so I believe that we will grow from strength to strength um, now we have such great backing from the FBI. We we have the respect of the association to, to go and do that. We have the support to, to put processes in place, to put the environment in place. So, um, yeah, I think we'll only go from strength to strength and what uh, an account of ourselves that this group has has put us in. And look, unlucky that we, we haven't gotten 
over the line. Um, but look, we can still put in a strong performance against Nigeria and give the fans uh, something to be excited about for the last game. Yeah, and Anthony, just on the again on the Megan Connolly own goal, and just looking at the the replays, especially the last one where you kind of get a zoomed in view of it, the the touch as it goes in, it's actually very very subtle. And I know at that point the rain seemed to be bucketing down, even looking at it on TV. How bad were the conditions? Um, from and obviously you you had a much closer view to the to the pitch up in the stands, but how bad was it in terms of the surface? Uh, well, I mean, it was obviously a very greasy surface because when the rain fell, it was heavy, you know, it cheated down. Actually, it reminds you of the old Lansdowne Road looking at the stadium. It was a similar kind of open stands in the corners and that. And um, It didn't rain throughout, but when it rained, it was heavy. So the the, the pitch was greasy. And actually, um, I thought that might suit Canada more than Ireland uh, going into the game. And, and Bev Priestman had talked about wanting to move the ball quicker. And, try, you know, she knew that Ireland would have that 5-4-1 block and... Uh, as it happened, I, I thought Ireland probably used the ball better in that first half. It wasn't just about guts and effort. There was quality with it, you know. Um, but I, I just think that uh, the goal, that that own goal, unlucky as it was, um, those type of things have happened a lot to Ireland in the last you know, six games, which have all been against very good teams. USA twice, France, Australia, uh, Canada. I, I just think it's because after that great first 20 odd minutes, uh, they did retreat. And when the opposition is playing in your own half, in the top third a lot, and constantly putting balls in the box and you're always defending, it just it only takes a bit of bad luck, a mistimed tackle, as with Marissa Shiva against Australia, a miscue clearance as happened header pain against France. That's all it takes. When when you're camped in and around your box, it just takes a little moment like that. And I I don't think it's a coincidence, I don't think it's bad luck. I think it's just a consequence of, of being pinned back a little deep. That being said, uh, I totally agree, Marie, that they, they should take an enormous amount out of this whole journey to this point. Um, and, you know, we're, we're kind of picking on, on the faults now. But that, that only happens when you raise the bar higher and higher and higher. And we shouldn't lose sight of how far this team has come. And they absolutely have more in them. There's no doubt. Like, and, and that's the biggest thing at this whole sort of adventure, this World Cup. Like, this should not be the end. You know, they should absolutely be looking at the Euros to, to get there, no doubt. And then once they get there, there's a competition that they can really hope to get out of the group stages where the, the draw might be a little kinder. And then more World Cups because there's so many good young players coming through the ranks uh, to add to what's all, already there. So it's a disappointing night. But overall, you know, they, they've done themselves and they've done the country proud and they, their, their legacy, everything they've done, there's the, nothing was ever going to tarnish that or, or taint that. You know, it's it's been a great journey for them. Yeah, that journey to the future that you talk about, Vera Pau very much wants to be part of that and something that came up when she talked to Tony O'Donoghue exclusively after the match in the mix zone. Vera is still very close to the end of the game, so it must be difficult for you to process what you had to go through. Uh, but when you look back at it, First of all, Heather not being fit just before the game. How much did that affect your approach to the game? Uh, no, it, it didn't affect. Uh, Onyo Gorman had played against Sweden in the same role. She had done that uh, tremendously, so we had no doubt that she um, uh, could do the job. Sinead Farley played a slightly different role on the other side uh, tonight. Yeah. Was that part of the, the plan as well? Yeah, um, she could feed uh, Katie. Um, we found that in the previous games, Katie couldn't, well, was isolated and uh, did not get enough balls. 
uh, to show her quality and I think it worked out very very well because because of her uh, not only she uh, flourished but uh, Katie could flourish. Was it one of the reasons we had so many more opportunities do you think? Uh, probably yes, um, but Sinead is growing ev every single day, and uh, was also herself, uh, yeah, feeling disappointed that the last game she couldn't do more. Um, but her task now was to create a lot of space for Katie, while bringing rest on the on the ball, and y you could see that what she can do um, in a in in a very small space. Uh, that gives the team so much more time and space. But for you as a coach, knowing you're only probably going to get an hour from her, she, she gives you a lot in an hour, but yeah. she, you know, when she can do 90 minutes, it'll mean yeah. so much more. Yeah, uh, that will grow. Uh, we all know that she hadn't played for seven years. When she came to USA, she had only played uh, 60 minutes, I think. I think. Um, her club is very careful with her, so that is good. Uh, they're not overloading her. And uh, what we get out of her now is uh, is phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. You got more out of uh, Kira Caruso tonight as well. Then, I mean, she had so many more chances. I mean, she works tirelessly, yeah. but more chances, and yeah. she had shots on target as well. Yeah, and w we worked on her to f uh, in under the pressure of the opponent to find the space, uh, she, like she's done against uh, USA. She couldn't do that against Australia because she was sandwiched, but we worked hard on um, in the reception of the ball, where where then to find the space so that she could be of a big, bigger benefit, and it worked out very well. The Australian manager, Tony Gustafsson, has identified in the past, he told us in the pre-match press conference about Ireland, you know, at the end of matches, and at, at end of halves rather, and at the start of halves, and it, it turned out like that. I mean, yeah. you know, four and a half minutes into added time, yeah, that is th that is when you're an, uh, a newcomer at the highest level. That is what always happens, and and I don't want to uh, take that down. But that is all my teams that were growing and growing and getting to the top level. They all had this. You have to go through that phase because you need to be able to concentrate and play your task to the very, very, uh, very uh, moment, last moment. But if he could identify that, I'm sure you yeah. identify that. What can yeah. you do to stop that happening again? Well, we've been trying to uh, to make them aware of it. Uh, the moments that you can breathe, let go, and then pick it up again. Um, it is a moment of um, looking at the at the clock thinking that it's half-time, the, the cover not really close, and then the goal is, is done. And you, you can see it coming. I said to Tom, the goal is coming. Did you see Canada at the end of the second half killing the game? Yeah. I mean, you can call it cynicism or professionalism, but just experience. seeing the game out, experience. Yeah. I, is, I, is I, w I want to call it experience. Uh, that is the difference um, with the top teams who've played all those World Cups. They know exactly how to do that. And... Uh, we couldn't get the pressure on the goal uh, in the way that we wanted it, but um, we did do it and we did get another chance and we could have scored again. So um, I don't know how many corner kicks we, we got, uh, but we have put pressure on the goal. We did create chances and we are growing every single game. So I'm so proud that that process is going, 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 going up. But I'm a top athlete uh, myself. And, um, or I was it <laughs> a long time ago, I hate losing, so I'm so disappointed. But although you lost, was that the best performance of the girls under you? I think so, but I think every game has been the best performance because every game is better than the previous game. I can, apart from the uh, Greece away game at the very, very start, every single game we grew and, and, and played better. So uh, again, I don't know where the ceiling is, but we're not done yet. 
So you talked about experience, they've gained World Cup experience and another game to go. Uh, Nations League, the next campaign, do you want to lead them into the next campaign? Well, I've been clear about that before. That's a yes? <laughs> I have been clear about it. So. And what um, do you hope from the Nigeria game? Um, what the, the Nigeria game uh, will be again a complete different game because an Africa team, African team is playing completely different. Um, we need to lift ourselves up and we go to play the best game ever again with even more variety, more control and hopefully we can put more pressure forward. Will you consider playing some of the players who haven't had moments in the World Cup? We haven't looked at that yet. Um, it is top, uh, top uh, sport, it is elite sport um, and we want to make the nation proud. So we need to evaluate and sit down and think um, but we will not give the game away, that is for sure. Thanks, Vera. Thank you. That is Vera Powell speaking to RT soccer correspondent Tony O'Donoghue after the match, and we'll we'll touch on a couple of those points. But first, Marie, just on the second half, um, it was something that was noticeable that in the first half, at least, it seemed that Ireland were able to press, you know, on Harry and and play high with Kira Carusa leading the line. But it seemed Canada tried to take that weapon away. Noticeably, the goalkeeper was kicking long a lot more in the second half, and that consequently seemed to turn the game in their favour. Yeah, Raf's, you know, obviously conceding was a huge blow. And, and I honestly think Ireland felt with how they performed in the first half that they could come back and, and win, the, win the game um, and, and get a winner. Um, so we, we did go for it in the second half from early. Unfortunately, if you put that kind of a performance in the first half of such high intensity... That is very, very hard to retain for a full 90. Yes, we made changes. We made a lot of changes. Actually, we've emptied the bench, um, but we we didn't hold it together so well. Uh, so the more we that the game, the more it developed, they got a second, um, which obviously put us under tremendous pressure again. So we're always fighting at, at that point. So... Because we went and played higher, we were opened up more. Canada looked like they could have scored five times in that second half. Um, you know, Courtney saved us once or twice, really good saves that kept us in the game because I honestly thought we were going to concede um, a, a couple of more times. We were opened up. Canada were a threat. They grew in confidence. Um, so it was just very, very hard to get a better foothold in the second half you know, after maybe emptying the tank in the first half. Um, so we just struggled after that. And although we gave it excellent effort and tried to build and try to create chances, um, we just we, we just ran out of steam and they grew in confidence. So that was the difference. Yeah. And Anthony, obviously the World Cup journey in terms of, uh, you know, realistic involvement, that's at an end. I mean, um, the permutations, unfortunately, mean that, you know, Ireland can't go on to the last 16. But there, you know, with the Nigeria game, there is still plenty to play for in terms of milestones. You know, there's still a first win that could be available. And um, also there is the the matter of, as um, Tony asked Vera uh, towards the end, you know, there are a number of players who still haven't had an opportunity to play yet. And whether they get an opportunity or not, there is, there's still something, there's still tangible things to play for there. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, uh, obviously, 
there's an injuries there as well. Heather Payne missed out with a, with a hamstring tweak, so it, it could be an opportunity to, to say, fresh up the squad and give players a chance to get a taste of this World Cup. Uh, and they're a proud bunch, you know. They they want to go out on a high. They've had brilliant support in the two games uh, tonight. You know, really was. I mean, again, the the Bev Priestman did talk. She said it was a hostile atmosphere, and it was very similar. It was good prep for them to play Australia, who were co-hosts. You know, felt like they were playing an away game tonight, Canada. Um, and I'm sure they'll have that again in Brisbane. So they'll want to give those fans a reason to to cheer. All of this is new. All of this whole thing is new to these players you know the extra attention the extra media um family and friends traveling to literally to the other side of the world to come and support them and then um, they'll be desperate to to do well for them as much as themselves so they're certainly not going to go in and, and lie down I mean, it, it will sting them tonight they're flying straight back to brisbane tonight on a chartered flight um i think they'll have a recovery session tomorrow and a day off on Friday. And I think once those, you know, it might take two or three days uh, to, to fully get over the disappointment. But once they do that, they'll probably just think, well, you know, the, the thing that we need now is to go out and have a match to try and just really get this out of our system. And they can play with more freedom now, you know. I, I mean, you'd, you'd hope that they maybe potentially try something a little different or, or go for it a little bit more, maybe even a tweak in the system. Like, well, why not? You know, they literally have nothing to lose. But, um, yeah, they'll, they'll want to end on a high. And, um, you know, there, there's lots more to look forward to. September, they play Northern Ireland, the Aviva Stadium. That's another landmark occasion in the Nations League. And then you're into that campaign and then the, the Euros as well. So there's plenty, like, you know, we're, up on, we're on a treadmill here. It's all, you know, it's going in the right direction. But what I will say is, and it is interesting, Tony's question at the end of that interview, like, we, we don't know if Vera Powell is actually going to be the manager at this point come September. Um, and once the dust settles and all this, and we get that last game out of the way, that will be the next big question because her contract is actually up after this tournament. So that has to be sorted sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, so just on a couple of those things, Marie, um, first, um, the last question that Tony asked, so in, in and around, like there are players, there are Dan Caldwell, Kira Grant, Clara Reardon, Chloe Mustaki haven't featured in the tournament in terms of on-field yet um, and whether well obviously Pau, uh, Vera Pau has said you know that she's not she's not committing one way or, the, or another to, to you know to playing them at, at this stage because obviously it's still a match that they they want to they want to win and then I suppose the other thing Vera Pau's future she's very much clear she wants to stay on and uh, obviously you know she's done she's actually made history by bringing Ireland to a major tournament I imagine um, continuity is going to be important there as well uh, an interesting one. Um, firstly, just on whether we could expect that she changes around the team. She said it herself. She's she doesn't like to lose. She's going to be raging that that we've lost the game. Um, when we really we 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 should have we deserved a win. Um, basing it off that first half performance. Um, so I think that she will not be happy. I think that she will she will make a decision that she will play who she trusts. Um, I think she will be very, very careful who she puts on the fields against Nigeria. I don't think she's going to play the players who you've mentioned because she hasn't trusted them up until now. Um, you know, she's trusted in a, a centre midfielder to to go back there and play above these players playing in their natural position. So that speaks volumes. Um, in terms of, you know, next manager uh, yes continuity is is important um 
you know, we know Vera brings, there, there's many off-field drama cropping up. Um, but above all, I really do think that she's done an excellent job with the group. You know, it's very easy for us to sit here and, and criticise and critique and, and so forth. It's it's a massive, massive job. Um, I think that she's done well and we have seen the group, you know, just just grow and grow under her. I think she's has a lot to be proud of. You know, we we criticise uh, Stephen Kenny quite a lot for the way he plays and it's kind of that opposite end of the, the spectrum where he's playing out of the back. We're not, you know, getting getting the, the wins, but she's kind of going so defensive and, and so forth. And so, um, no, I, I do. I think she's done an excellent job. And so it will be interesting to see. Um, and I, I do think, you know, that we will have more talent coming up, which will be massively, massively important. And if we can prime these young players into World Cup football or or, or top, you know, uh, top tournaments, then where it's looking really, really good for the future of Irish women's football. Yeah, and in terms of results elsewhere in the tournament uh, earlier today, Spain beat Zambia 5-0 and then also Japan before that had beaten Costa Rica 2-0 and they're all in Group C and Spain and Japan have been brilliant so far and they they advance and obviously the highlight show tonight will be 8pm on RT2 and the RT player and then uh, for the fixtures tomorrow, Thursday, uh, 2 in the morning for those who fancy staying up, it's the United States against the Netherlands, Portugal against Vietnam then at half eight and then in the morning now this will be kind of instructive for Ireland because Nigeria obviously are the final opponent on Monday they're playing Australia at 11 o'clock in Brisbane and also in team news there Mary Fowler out of that game and obviously they're still missing Sam Kerr for that but um, your thoughts on the tournament overall Marie? These women have done the country proud um, we have seen the biggest fan base you know it's it's evident of the massive massive support they've had over there which is just unbelievable it's it's it, it, it's so good to see um, us get to that level. Um, and that's only going to grow as well. You know, moving to the Aviva for the Northern Ireland game is massive. I hope we get a sellout. I hope that we can give these girls the, the great homecoming that they deserve. Uh, and so I'm just massively, massively proud as a former player to put those kinds of performances up against the best in the world, uh, to play against the, the co-host Australia, to to really challenge top top nations you know Canada being fifth in the world ranked at the moment and really put it up to them so just really exciting to see where it's going and um yeah just just so proud so proud yeah and Anthony I suppose before we go the itinerary now for the Irish team obviously next game and final game of the tournament being Monday and as you said they're they've got the charter flight back to uh back to base in Brisbane now which is where the game is taking place anyway. Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, they're straight back to Brisbane tonight. Uh, that's a, that's a four and a half hour flight, but um, you know it's a chartered plane, so uh, I guess uh, they'll, they'll get back as quickly as possible. Light recovery session tomorrow, and then a day off on Friday. Day off to chill out, relax, meet up with family, friends, whatever, and then uh, and back back to training on, on Saturday and Sunday, and then and then that last game. So, um, you know, it's been a whirlwind. It's been a whirlwind for them. Um, and for all the months and months, this is just the way these things go, and all the build up and the hype and, and the talk and everything around it, it, it just feels like it's over in the blink of an eye, doesn't it? You know, but it was always a big ask. Um, it was a it's a very tough group. Um, you're playing two seasoned, very high quality teams in Australia and Canada. 
Um, but you know, Ireland were the third seed, so you know it was it was unlikely they were going to get a kind group really, no matter what way it shook down. So uh, they they can um, they they can be proud of of their efforts, you know, like and just take the lessons from it and hopefully kick on and, and make sure that they get back to these major tournaments because it's it's been brilliant to have an Irish team on this stage. Um, and I think, you know, just from, you can see the support. I don't know if there's, there's very few teams that have enjoyed the support Ireland have. I have to say, like, even the welcomes at the airport and everything like that, and the, the colour and the noise in the stadiums, uh, they've got such great backing. Uh, and I've no doubt it's that that gives them a desperate hunger to get back and experience all this again. So disappointing, but, you know, I bet, like, they'll be thinking, gee, we, we want a bit more of this. You know, it's it's been, it's been a hell of an experience for them. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that is it for today's podcast. Obviously, we'll be back uh, tomorrow with more more reflection. Also, we'll be uh, we'll have a closer look at uh, Nigeria have, with them having played um, Australia by that point as well. And of course, every game live on RT television and the RT player. Thanks to Marie Curtin and also Anthony Pine. Thanks, Raph. and a half likes shares comments and tweets Cadbury sponsors RTE Soccer Women's World Cup podcast